Have you ever wondered what goes on behind the table at a dance competition? Exactly what are the judges looking for anyway? This is Making the Impact, a dance competition podcast. Each week, we'll cover a different topic related to the world of competitive dance from the perspective of the judges behind the table. You asked and we answered. Making the Impact is back this week with another episode on music at competition. From the most overused songs to songs we never get tired of, get ready for some real talk, helpful editing tips, and so much more. Hey y'all, welcome to this week's episode of Making the Impact, a dance competition podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Ortiz, and I am here with my co-host, Leslie Mueller. What's up, Courtney? We are here for episode 74, our second episode on music, and I think it's going to get a little uh, a little dicey. I don't a little know, wild you today. A little wild. We got some <laughs> opinions coming in. And usually we're all kind of in agreement, I feel like, on this podcast about like how we feel, but I'm interested to see what goes on today. Oh, yeah. I think I think there's going to be a lot of agreement, and we'll see where the conversation goes, I'm sure. But we're going to be kind of covering a lot of overused songs at competition, which seems to be an extremely hot topic, especially in our Facebook group lately. We've been chatting about it. People getting heated over there, y'all. And by the way... Might as well tell everybody listening, if you haven't joined our Facebook group, come on and join the party over there. We talk about dance. We talk about competitions. It's a lot of fun. And we keep it constructive. We keep it nice and pleasant over there in the Facebook group. And I will say, though, it it has uh, this music discussion has stirred the pot just a hair in our Facebook group. And we're going to be talking a little bit about that today and overused songs. We're going to be talking about songs that we love hearing at competition. And then just music in general, maybe how to cut your music properly, better, <laughs> things like that. Please, please just do it is please really the cut gist. <laughs> why is it seven minutes long? Please, why? Uh, I digress. <laughs> just so many things. We have a lot to cover in this episode, but thanks for joining us. And by the way, like Leslie mentioned, if you haven't listened to our previous episode from season two, that's episode 29, Music a Competition, that was like the first version. And now we're going to be giving you even more, more talk, more scoop about music at competition today. So go listen to that one. And I'm excited to tell you a little bit about one of our sponsors for the season. And that is a dance app for formations called Arrange Us. If you are a choreographer, a dance teacher, a studio owner, or creative director, then I cannot wait for you to download the Arrange Us mobile app now. It is truly a lifesaver when it comes to mapping out formations for your next performances, competition choreography, or even recital. With the Arrange Us app, you'll no longer need your pencil and notebook to draw out your formations. Their app allows you to move and map out your dancers on stage and watch your formations come to life. You can name each dancer, color coordinate everyone, and even synchronize your formations with your music. How cool is that? As a user myself, I cannot recommend this awesome app enough. It has saved me so much time when I'm guest choreographing, and it's such a helpful tool that I think all dance teachers and choreographers need on their iPad immediately. Staging couldn't be easier thanks to Arrange Us. Head over to the App Store now to download the Arrange Us app or click the link in our show notes. Thanks so much to Arrange Us for sponsoring us in Season 3. So if you have been listening to the podcast here on Season 3, You've heard us talking about our Ko-fi platform where you can buy us a coffee to support 
the podcast. And we're so happy to say that we've received our first two donations on Yay! our Kofi account. Yay! <laughs> and our first Kofi donation is from a wonderful person with the username of Your Own Dance Mom, which, if you know which one of our moms is more listens to podcasts more, that would be Courtney Ortiz's <laughs> mom, Robin Ortiz. Thanks, so mom. Brenda Mueller, <laughs> Brenda Mueller, you gotta step up your game. But yes, Courtney Ortiz's mom, your own dance mom, says, love listening to you and Leslie and your wonderful guests every week. Buy a few coffees. Thanks, mom. My biggest fan. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) We appreciate that. That was a nice surprise. And our second donation is from username TSCorp13. And they said, thank you for freely sharing your knowledge and inspiring all of us in the dance world. Hoping to send more coffee your way, but here's one for each of you now. Aww. So sweet, so kind. So Thank good. you so much to our first donators. And if you want to show your support, you can click on the link in the show notes to donate to our Kofi account and buy us a coffee. You can donate as little as $3. You could donate $300. I, it's up to you. I like I like a flat white. So, you know, you can <laughs> you can pick you can pick how expensive you want to go and buy us coffee. But yes, we're super grateful for any of any of your support in any way shape or form, even if that's just a five-star review. So if your, you know, funds are a little tight right now, a five-star review does go a long way. So thank you for all of your support, everybody out there. Yes, thank you, everybody. And it is time to jump in to the music chat. Here we go, y'all. Get ready. We have two wonderful guests, like always. And the first guest that I'm excited to reintroduce back to the podcast for the third time You may remember them from Season 1, Episode 8, Boys in Dance, and also Season 2, Episode 50, An Inside Look into Judging and Scoring at Competitions. I'm so excited to welcome back IDA judge, Mr. Colin Shea Denniston. Welcome! Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be back on the pod. Yeah! We love having you on the pod, Colin. Yeah, third time's a charm. Yeah! We've had a lot of re-returning judges back for their third time this year already, which is really exciting, especially so early in the season. And this is a completely different topic that you're talking about today, still, you know, from the judge's chair, your perspective, and, you know, as a dance teacher and educator as well. But I can't wait to hear all your favorite songs, Colin, all your not-so-favorite songs. <laughs> I have, I have a, lot of, a lot of all of it, and I feel like... There's, there's just going to be some big feelings today <laughs> with music. We're all going to have a lot of big feelings, and that's okay. We'll, we'll process them together. We will. <laughs> we will. Well, for all the new listeners out there who maybe haven't listened to your previous episodes, give a quick little rundown, a little bit about you. Yeah. So I um, grew up in southern Missouri, graduated from Missouri State with my BFA in acting, and then spent about 10 years in New York City just as uh, actor, dancer, performer, teacher. A couple of years ago, relocated back to Southern Missouri. And when I came back, was on like the teaching side of things and started judging for IDA, I think. And I always forget the year, but I think it was 2015. I think it was year two. Is, is that right? Do those numbers match up? I feel like that sounds right. And then, yeah. So early on with IDA. And so I now love being able to be on that side of the dance world and get to experience it from from behind the table mostly and have since retired from performing yeah love it we love having you on the roster and uh we love having you back on the pod so thanks so much for being here tonight absolutely likewise 
All right, and our next special guest is a new guest, first timer on our podcast. And I have not had the pleasure of meeting this lovely person in person yet, but I hope that changes very soon. And I feel like we've connected on the internet for so long on all of these beautiful dance forums that are out there. And I always, I always love everything she has to say. And the moment that we were, we were casting this episode, I was like, I know who I'm going to pick for this ding, one. Ding, ding. <laughs> yes. I'm excited to welcome Kaylin Gray to our podcast. Welcome. Hola. Happy hey, to girl. be here, guys. What's up? <laughs> So glad you're here. Thanks for squeezing us into your busy schedule and absolutely chatting dance with us and chatting music with us today. So yeah, I love your podcast. So I'm excited to be here. Yay. Thanks for listening. Well, if you wouldn't mind telling the dance world a little bit more about who you are, where you're based, uh, where you grew up, where you teach career credits, any plugs you want to share as well. (laughs) Well, I was born in Buffalo, New York. I trained at Mary Alice's dance until I was about seven. My dad got a job transfer and that moved me to the Northern Kentucky slash Cincinnati area. And I've been teaching there at my home school for like my 23rd year. Oh my gosh. And it sounds crazy, right? Yeah. So I guess most people know me for Bring Tap to the People, which is like an online tap training program. It's kind of geared towards those teachers and students who don't make, have the funds to like travel and take workshops and do festivals. So I literally just film myself and, you know, maybe use the, that class's material and I just film it, flap it in a series. And I said, flap it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, of course you do. <laughs> in a series. So yeah, it was one of the first online tap programs. There's, I mean, there's lots to choose from, but it's just been the joy of my life to share a tap dance with as many people as I can. For the last six years, I've been head judge and faculty member for Bella Moxie Dance Convention. They're based out of New York City. I and mean, I've been, you know, spending my summers traveling, teaching, choreographing, just kind of doing the grind like everybody else. Yeah, I know. Trying You're to make busy. up for that year, for that year and a half of pandemic. <sighs> exactly. Yeah. So I'm like, yes, 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 yes. I'll take that. Yes, I'll do that. Do you need a solo? I'll do it. Yep. You know, so it's just that, that daily grind. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I totally feel you on that. That is exactly how I described my work lately. I said yes to everything. You need something? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Because we lost the whole, a whole work season of our yeah. life. And I think that's probably like my biggest piece of advice to like any dancer. I mean, as long as it doesn't like compromise your integrity, say yes to everything because you never know. You never know. It's how you get yourself out there. So yeah. Yeah. And be nice. Yeah. Absolutely. And be nice. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> be nice. Yeah. And, and obviously, yes. Because you never know you're going to work with <laughs> Exactly. Yes. So true. So I'm excited to be here. So thanks for having me. Of course. We're so happy to have you both joining us today. Let's jump into this music chat. Don't, don't, don't. Here we go. <laughs> All right, guys. So there's so much to be said about music because, you know, in our world, at least in the competition world, the majority of the time you're using music as a means to put your choreography on stage, you know, every now and then you'll see an acapella piece every now and then, but there's always music. It's all, it's like half of the battle is finding a song. So it matters. And I think I'm trying, I'm looking at my list here of trying to find out because Courtney has, Courtney has made me stressed now. She complimented my choosing of the first question. Oh yeah. I um, threw, I threw that at you last time. <laughs> and I was like, wait, you think I do well with choosing the first questions? Yeah. And now I'm stressed. <laughs> Don't be stressed. Uh, <laughs> so I think Something that I'm curious about, because I know what my process is when I'm choosing music for a piece, 
but I have heard some very interesting processes. So this is kind of more geared towards like the teachers out there who may be struggling to find music. What what is your process when it's when you're choosing music for a piece? I start with the song and then I go from there. Is that how you guys operate or do you do something different? So especially when it comes to like group routines. So solos are kind of like an, an entirely different beast for me. So I always think about the vibe, the vibe I want. Cause we have like, let's say the umbrella of, cause I do jazz and tap both pretty equally. And under that jazz umbrella, you've got all those styles. So I take it into consideration. Okay. Like my leggy older ones love like a Fosse type piece. And let's say that's the vibe and the style I want to go for. And then from there I go into like music. So I start with like, what's the feeling that I want? What's like the vision? And then I try to find the music to cater to that, which could be like a backwards process for people. But for me, it's always worked because it also narrows down music choices really quickly. Right. Yeah. As opposed to like being confronted with like all 200 songs on my playlist and going, oh, God, what are they going to do? You know, right. right. Like I'm deep in the trenches right now. Like I'm still searching for this year's pieces and songs. And I mean, it's been it's been a tough been a tough battle this year, especially for me. I can say that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's how I do it. Yeah, I think similarly, it's like the the overall the umbrella of specifics that you have to fit it within, like with style, age, genre, all of that. But I usually am music first, and then like once you decide on it's going to be this this style, then you can narrow it down to those options or this age group or this level, and then find the songs within that, and then use the music to help develop the choreography but that isn't to say and I, I would I don't know this for sure I would guess that would be majority of people would work music and then choreography of choreographers but that isn't to say there aren't people who go the opposite way and there's definitely been times where there's been like a phrase or somemography that's like in my head that I'm like what does this go to? like what can I right. pair this with so that's like the that's not the norm with me but it does happen occasionally where I'm like okay what would this fit in what kind of style is this? and then you like find the music to go with that. And I'm sure there are people out there that can kind of create their like language, their piece, their dance, and then like maybe mold it to fit whatever music they find, which is super right, interesting yeah. to me, but that's the less common yeah. side for me. I've read somewhere, you know, on all the forums that we're all a part of and just, you know, you just glance at stuff all the time. Somebody once said that they, they pick a costume first. Oh, yes. Uh-uh. I was just about to say that. Uh-uh. And I was like, how does that even work? That is- like shocking, shocking, but apparently that's the thing people do. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, I guess there's I all kinds of ways. <laughs> They're like, oh, what do you think yeah. would go really, what song do you think would go really good with this? I want it to right. feel yes. like this. I really want and them to wear of this like, costume. Name it, like pick the song that Weissman's chose. You know what I mean? Because normally Weissman's <laughs> wrote the costume. Oh my God, no. Like, you know, maybe I'm a star and that's hot, the costume hot, hot. you're like, might as well. <laughs> right. <laughs> It seems like the easy choice, but I didn't know they did that until I finally like opened up a costume book because I'm not sifting through those often. Like, and sometimes right. they get delivered no. to me, and I randomly look through them, and they all have actual song titles attached to the costumes, and I'm like, what is happening? Like, imagine I under- that job, right? Right. <laughs> and like, I think that might be like why we like. Actually, I kind of would like to do a poll and find out if people actually use the song with the costume. I feel like that could make sense a little bit more for like recital or recreational dance. Yeah, or babies or something. Yeah. But I'm yeah, like, totally. I don't know about for a competition. Courtney, what do you do when you're, you know, like, so you've been tasked with a ton of choreography this season since you were t- saying like, like Kaylin, you're just like saying yes to everything. And I know you were choreographing a lot this year. 
did you start with a song? Did you start with a vibe? Did you start with who you had and then went from there? That's a good question. I usually guest choreograph. So most of the time, unless I've worked with them before, I don't know these dancers at all. So I'm guiding off of like what the teacher is telling me as far. Usually the teacher will approach me and say, this is the style that I want. So I'm, they're already giving me direction as far as like that. So it makes my life a little bit easier as far as the music hunt where I can go, go kind of like what you said, Kaylin, and like going down that rabbit hole of, okay, we want to go classic jazz as opposed to high energy jazz, like completely different styles of jazz. And now I can funnel it into just looking for that. But as far as like choreography goes, I definitely need a song. I have to have a song before I can even start anything. I'm so musical with my choreography that like I need to I need to feel the beat. I need to I don't know. Like that's just I can't just choreograph a phrase and then find music to match it. Or I think a lot of people also have like a vision of a like I want this theme to be this. Like I I'm trying to figure out this theme. What song would work with this theme? Or I want it to feel like winter, you know? What type of song can I find? And like I guess that makes sense, sort of, but I have to really be inspired by the song. And I haven't really, the only time I can think of actually, now that I'm thinking about it, is I once guest choreographed where they said, we need to use this couch. How can you <laughs> use this couch? Give me a song where we can use this couch. And I was like, oh gosh, really? <laughs> and it was tough. <laughs> it was tough because it wasn't my vision. I was catering right, to right. theirs, but as a guest choreographer, you know, you kind of got to, got to do that. Well, somebody clearly bought that couch and was like, you got to use this couch. We got to get my money's worth for this couch. Truly. Yeah. <laughs> it was beautiful couch. I just was nervous of all the things that we talked about in our prop episode about the couch getting stuck on the floor and ripping up the Marley and like, right. I was like, I don't want to be that person. I don't want that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, well, I don't want that. If it was me. Ikea, it probably broke after the first competition anyways. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, so Courtney, you just mentioned something that I would love to hear, especially from Kaylin about, because Kaylin, I know you, you do everything, but you do a lot of tap. Yeah. Talking about musicality and what I've noticed, and this is where we can kind of maybe get into some specific songs here, because over the years, I have really noticed judging and directing and just sort of being in the studio world. Nobody is really choosing like interesting music anymore. Everything is very, it's all in 4-4. It does A, B, A, B, A, A, B. Like, you know, the very standard songwriting format is. And what is that doing when we're choosing songs that are very basic in what they do themselves? How is that helping or not helping our dancers with their musicality? Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, last year I did a piece. I did Satellite by mm, Dave. And, nice. you know, it's, it was in six. And, it's, and it was challenging, I mean, for me, because I've never done a competitive piece like that that I can remember in six. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a Fives tap piece? are always like, ooh, yes, it was a tap piece. And okay. they took it all the way to nationals and made, cool. I mean, it's always been appreciated for sure. Yeah. But I can't tell you one judge, like, I really enjoy this piece because it's in six or like, good challenge, kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I agree with you, though. Like, sitting back and watching on the other side of the judges' table, like, there are a lot of times where I'm like, I, I could hear your first bit of a phrase and I could, like, stop you and, like, like finish it for you with right. my, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's which so, is your intuition of what you're probably going to do to this. Right. And I hate to use the word predictable because to mm -hmm. me, it's like, be in time, you know, don't rush. And, you know, I can appreciate a very clean tap number. But yes, I agree that there, there should be, especially in the genre of tap, maybe a little bit more of the pushing the boundaries when it comes to song selection. I mean, Dave Brubeck, for sure. Mm. If you're a tap teacher and you don't have Dave Brubeck in your playlists. 
just take a listen. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard. <laughs> well, I mean, any, any classic, you know, jazz musicians, like I want, I want to hear more of that. Like I would rather hear that mm -hmm. than, I mean, I bring her up all the time or we brought her up last episode. I'm going to do it again. I don't want to hear you tap dance to Megan Trainer. That's boring. <laughs> oh, hell no. Yeah. That's real boring. This year, um, <laughs> yeah. This year I'm actually going to tackle it by the Z, the, the trio, I want to say. And it's, it's a straight up jazz number. And thankfully the kids that I have that train with me on the weekly, they really appreciate tap dance and they love jazz music. Like they get into it. And I'm like, guys, imagine if this wasn't like recording, if there was like a live band behind you, like right. you have no idea what this, what it feels like yeah. to have a live musician. I'm like, this is as close as you're going to get on a competition stage. So yeah, I'm tackling a, like a straight jazz piece. Boom this year with like 12 seniors. So oh, I'm excited so about that. Yeah. No, yeah, I was just, when you mentioned like simplicity and some like tap numbers, like with like simple music, I feel like there's a, I've seen a lot of like junior teen solo tap to like more like contemporary country. I feel mm -hmm. like there's a lot of that. It's like these tap solos and they're in jeans and a flannel shirt like tied in a knot. And it's just like a, a like simple contemporary country. And that like now I feel like I'm understanding why, because the like musicality is not super difficult. It all mm -hmm. is very like structured and they, I mean, there's, I've seen some really talented dancers perform to them, but they, you know, there's, they fall flat a lot of the times because it's not super dynamic. And then what right. is tap dancing without like dynamics? And so, yeah, like maybe the, the one that you first hear and it's like, oh, this would be super simple to choreograph too. Like, well, maybe that's your, you know note to say well then maybe it's not the best choice right well, yeah, you like can make speaking... it something else like with your rhythms and your footwork yeah exactly yeah or like fi yeah fill yeah. it with all this this not like you know not filler stuff but like make it unique make it your own make it something different yeah right yeah i mean it kills me when i'm on those like suggestion pages especially sometimes i'm on the dance mom page because i am a dance mom technically so it's not like i'm yeah you the are rules, yeah. but um <laughs> When the moms are like looking for a tap song for my, you know, nine-year-old daughter and the other dance moms are like, we did, like you said, like a Megan Trainer song. And like, like my face just falls because I'm like, no, 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 yeah, you please know, don't choose please, that. Don't, please don't, please don't do it. Please don't do it. Gosh, because I'm like, do you need a spot? I'll give you a Spotify. I'll give you my password to Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to help. <laughs> I just want to help. Can we talk about that? So can we talk about what parents picking? songs can we talk oh, about that here we go you know here we go I, I could be i could be real shady and open up my text messages right now if i uh-oh <laughs> we can use pseudonyms kaylin we can use pseudonyms and, and i think i think the mom i think the moms that actually i think the mom, i shared one of the podcasts today to a facebook page that all of our parents belong to and i guarantee you they're gonna be listening to this one because i'm oh, on yeah. it but oh yeah i've gotten some bon jovi what i've gotten some for tap no, you know, these moms are definitely 80s moms and they sure. they don't mind a little Metallica. They don't <laughs> mind a little no November rain. Oh, oh, November rain. Oh, yeah. oh some oh. November rain. This is something that I newly recently like found out that dance and no offense to you dance moms out there. Love you all. But it's news to me that that studios or teachers are allowing dance moms to pass recommendations for songs to the teachers. That's something yeah. that I never, ever, ever grew up doing. So everybody's process is different. Every studio is different. I respect and understand that. 
I think it's, and I think in defense, people will say, well, I want my dancer to dance to something that they love and that they are comfortable dancing to. And that's, they'll do better if they love their song. And it's like, yes, but at the same time, do you not trust your teachers to find the appropriate song? Like they know them best as a dancer in my head. That's how I approach it. So like, what are y'all's thoughts on dance parents selecting, recommending solo songs for their soloists? Do you think they are picking good, like making good decisions? Or do you think that this is why we see a lot of overused songs? Because dance moms are just, yes, Caitlin's saying yes. (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) Absolutely. I think so too. And that makes me sad. It's just, I appreciate that they're like involved in some way, shape, or form. Like, you know, it's okay. It's fine. But my dance parents know me well enough to know that I will just be straight up with them and be like, listen. Absolutely no. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to happen. And they're like, oh, I just thought, you know, I thought you'd think it was funny. And I'm like, yeah, well, no, I'm going to go this direction. It's hard to explain to a parent, one, the, pro- the process of choreographing yes. a routine and listening to music and for tap dance, the tempo, like, mm. am I going to have to right. speed it up? There's just so much like, how does when I, you know, I don't know, when my feet go to move to it, is it going to happen? Or am I just like, I love the song. I just cannot tap dance to it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it's, sometimes it's something like that. Yeah, but I, I agree. You know, there's a difference, I think, between like a parent who's like just trying to be helpful and then like mm-hmm. the overzealous one who mm-hmm. like demands that their kid dance. That like, that is a no-go and it it doesn't fly at our school whatsoever. Right. And I, I mean, I'm not used to that. Like no schools that I've worked with have had a parent like tell me what they want their kid to dance to. They're generally like, you're the professional, right? You know, you, you'll make right. the right choice. And I can totally respect that too. I think, yeah, it depends on the school and the dancers and the relationship, but just thinking of it from, you know, the standpoint of the choreographer or the teacher, it's, I don't know, it reads a little insulting in a sense of like, I mean, this is a horrible analogy. I understand, but like you, if you're someone who's being operated on, you wouldn't be like, oh, I want you to use this tool and <laughs> right. do it this way, doctor. It's like, well, this is like, I mean, I don't, maybe some people don't realize that this is like what we do. This right. is our, like, we are professionals. This is what we right. do. We are trained to do this. And, you know, there's always room for feedback, but things, right. I don't think anyone that's, or no one should be choosing music or choreography lightly. No dance teacher or choreographer should be doing that. It should be thoughtful and there's yeah. stuff that goes into it. And you're thinking about the dancer and their strengths and, their interests mm-hmm. and all of that should be a factor into it. So with all that said, I don't really think, you know, unless that's the setup of the studio or of the program that it should be, you know, weighted on by, by parents, because that does like, yes, we should all be able to choreograph to different genres, different kinds of music, but it, it does take away a level of um, inspiration mm-hmm. and yeah, like trust of where you're getting that. Like if you have a dancer and you've got this music and you've, it all clicks and it works together, you've got this group and you know, the song will be worth, like will be great with them. That's when like all that magic happens when yeah. it happens organically between that trust with the dancer or the dancers and the teacher. And that's when that really great stuff happens. And we can see that on stage yeah. as judges. And I think the big thing for me when parents are like, well, they have to love it if they're going to do well. Yes, but as a choreographer, I am the creative. As the dancer, you are the interpreter. I'm the one who has to love it because I'm producing what you are going to then interpret. Yes, the interpretive artist who is the dancer that I'm putting this on, yeah, obviously you have to have a, you know, a feeling and an emotion connection to what you're doing, but like your job as somebody I'm putting choreography on, whether this is a paid position or not, is to interpret what I've given you. 
So like if you're handing me a piece of music or a couch and saying, be inspired and yeah. I'm not, you're like not going to your get, <laughs> yeah, it's like, what am I supposed to do here? And even, even when it's something like you said, Kaylin, when there's a song that you, I just, I love this song and I, mm, I want to dance to this and it's just not happening. Yeah. That's even worse. You know, like that's even worse to me as an artist to, to just feel like it's not happening. And that's so frustrating. So like, it would be even more frustrating and disappointing to be told by a parent or to be, you know, given something that I have no say over, but you're paying me. Like, yes, you're paying me, but do you really want to pay me to do something I'm not inspired by? Because that's what you're going to get if you pay me to do a Megan Trainer tap dance. <laughs> Uninspired. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, Megan Trainer tap. Like, go on the record. Mostly <laughs> is not choreographing tap to Megan Trainor. Nothing, Trainor. Megan Trainer. Got it. <laughs> not doing it. Not doing it. We get real here on making the impact, y'all. <laughs> I mean, I have a lot of thoughts on on that, but I think you all kind of hit the nail on the head with it. I think it's about trust. I think it's about uh, letting us do our job. And we talked about this on the last episode about like appropriate songs, not just like age appropriate, but also like appropriate for the dancers and the or the dancer. And a parent might love this song, but not realize that they're not ready for that yet or Maybe in four years, they'll be ready or, you know, there's, there's actually a lot of things that go into the selection of a song, or I guess I should say there should be a lot mm. of things that go I into the selection of a song on the teacher's end or the choreographer's end. I have actually, as a judge, sat in the chair and watched a soloist that I'm like, this is not the style for them. This is, this isn't it for them. And I'm confused by it. Like as far as the style of jazz that the teacher gave them like no I see you doing classic not this crazy high energy like just the vibe that I got in those three minutes and you could tell that they were like uncomfortable I think maybe the teacher was trying to like push them into a new you know style with the solo but at the same time I was kind of questioning it as a judge who doesn't know this dancer the whole time so I think it's really like I think song choice is a big deal and I think you really have to know your dancer. I look back at my solos when I was growing up. My teacher gave me so much variety, but she she really eased me into each thing. And when I look back, I was like, gosh, you are a genius. Shout out to Miss <laughs> Shannon Torres out there. She was a genius. Like how she progressed my solos each year, it made me the dancer who I am today. And I think that's important if we're going to be doing solos, especially. And well, yeah. and we are. And we see those solos, y'all. We see about three from all each eight dancer. of them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. all eight of them. <laughs> I want to get into something quickly before we start really diving into overused and classic conversation. But the issue of spoken word songs—not even issue, just like the the use of spoken word songs. First of all, I want to talk about just that in general and like, how do we feel about that? And does it make mm -hmm. sense? And how does it work? But this past year, when Amanda Gorman made her beautiful spoken word speech at the inauguration of President Biden, there was this huge conundrum in the dance competition world of people wanting to take her words and put it to music and create a piece so that somebody could dance to it. And I remember that went down so quickly Fast. and heatedly, and mm -hmm. it was it, it was a dumpster fire. And I'm so curious. I know, Kaylin, you're nodding your head and saying, yeah, and I'm curious what your thoughts were, because I, I think you were contributing to that conversation a little bit, too. Yeah, I think that immediately when I now the guy who edited everything, he's a friend of mine, full stop. So 
I know his his side and I know sure how he has has apologized since. But I think like I sat back and I just kind of watched the chaos unfold. And I was like, what dance teacher honestly looked at that, that speech, that beautiful, like heartfelt, moving, poignant speech and thought to themselves, I cannot wait for my seniors to kill this on stage. Like for me, it was more like, oh, it, it was just tacky, mm-hmm. you know, tacky and inconsiderate. And it's like, did you even absorb, absolve the words? Right. You know what I mean? It's just how it went from like, and the p- amount of people who were like willing to buy it like that day, like give it to us right Immediately, now. Right? Just desperate and I was like, for this. Oh my God. Yeah. Not to mention that, you know, I don't want to get too much because this is a whole nother conversation, but you know, are your students even racially diverse Right. to be dancing to this music without right. fully encompassing what, what this piece is about? Like, I, I just feel like it went over that cliff really quickly and thank God it, it did have a real conversation towards like, I don't even mm-hmm. know how much longer after, but a I couple days, the- like it truly was like yeah. so condensed. I yeah. remembered it was just like huge. And then it was like whew, gone. Yeah. yeah. And as someone who grew up in the early 2000s or was teaching, I have been through some spoken word. I went through, you know, the 9-11 stuff was like a huge period of time. And it was like, oh my gosh, here we go again. People are coming out in sequin bras and shorts and right. trunks. Doing and dancing. <laughs> Right. And I was like, please, I don't want this to turn into that because that, I mean, we all know the, how the last four years have been. Right. That it's going to be like all manifested into this right now. Like, no, 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 no. So that, I mean, that was just, I was just kind of disgusted by it, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, yeah, spoken word in general, this is totally like personal preference, but I don't ever, ever need to have, see, hear one again in a dance competition. I don't care for it. It, I, it usually doesn't feel very authentically inspired for me. It kind of feels put upon and I would much rather you do it in silence or use like do a great lyrical combination it maybe it's a song we've used before but i just don't i don't know it's not it's not for me i don't feel like they usually connect very well and i feel especially with younger dancers that they're forcing their performance to try to match some level of emotion they think they need to have with usually pretty heavy spoken word pieces yeah, yeah, nobody's ever doing spoken word about like a rainbow. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, if it's like a I, I would, yeah. I would if it was, deal like, with that. Cool, like beat poetry, I could be into that. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, like, let's say, for example, yeah, the, the Tonys last night, that uh, yeah. opening number, like, okay, like that's how you do. That's yeah. how you, <laughs> that is the bar <laughs> we yeah. have now set for ourselves. But, like, I remember when the most popular spoken piece was the American Beauty. Thing. Oh wow! Um, yeah. Do you remember when yes. the roses were falling and the, Whew, and that was a long I can't tell you how many times I watched that as a judge because I was probably in my early twenties when that came out. It was right when I started judging, and I think it was right around then, like the spoken word like genre came to mm-hmm. be in the contemporary category. But yeah, like like Colin points out, it can seem very inauthentic. Yeah. And then, you know, then you get a mom who's like, well, my daughter recorded her voice, you know, oh, and it yeah. just meant a lot to oh, her. Yeah. And then you're like, but, but we don't know that. Right. We right. We don't know that. Yeah. And so then we have, then you give us the added, and this is where I always, like, my opinion is similar to Colin's in that I, you're giving me an, another thing to do. You know, yeah, if you're giving me a piece of music I've never heard before, I'm going to try to cue into some of the words and like, there's a lot we have to do as a judge to really interpret and hold all of your information and then regurgitate something back at you that's right. helpful. But with spoken word, somehow it's it's less I'm less able to ingest the spoken word 
and then give you something out of my own mouth. It's hard to do both, you know, and with spoken word, I feel very, it feels very difficult to judge well, because I'm sitting there trying to listen to your, you know, most of the time, very heavy subject matter, just speaking right. at me. I don't know, right. there must be something in the brain, you know, the way you absorb information that like, it's easier to absorb words in a song versus right. words just being spoken. But it's it's another challenge. Like, don't give me another challenge. It's already very challenging to sit here for 12 hours and do our job. As a dance teacher or choreographer, I am sure you have felt the pain of trying to remember all of your transitions and formation changes when creating a new dance for competition. Or maybe you have always used a notebook to store your choreography notes. Now you can ditch the pen and paper, all thanks to a brand new app called Arrange Us. Arrange Us is a mobile app that allows you to visualize your formations on stage in a convenient and easy way. Just add your dancers straight into the app, and then you can move them around effortlessly with the tip of your finger. Sounds easy, right? You can watch your transitions come to life, color coordinate your dancers, and once you are done, you can even share it with your team. And one of my favorite features from Arrange Us is you can now synchronize your music with your formations. This app is a game changer for our dance world, and I highly recommend checking it out. You can try it now for free by clicking the link in our show notes and downloading the Arrange Us app now in the App Store. I think the few times I've enjoyed spoken word dances were like the first time I heard that spoken word ever used. And then after that, like body love, no offense. But like, I could use without it uh, ever right. again at competition. And, and that's I'm, my number one, I think, my number one least favorite overused yeah. body love. And like and I, powerful message, yes. Like powerful and can be, you know, it d- depending on what dancers are going through, if they need to let this out, like great, awesome. I understand dance is a healing tool and we need to get out there and express ourselves and leave it out on the floor. But I mean, the first time I saw that, But I was then like, you're wow. presenting it to be judged. Like, and that's where we always, that's where I always come into this conversation as do all your healing. I'm all for healing. I've been in therapy for seven years. Heal yourself, but don't then put it on stage for me to judge you because then I have to. Healing Mm. should not be judged. I shouldn't have to judge you in your healing of your, your body image. Yeah. Mm. It's it's really difficult. (laughs) I love that. I'm going to, I'm going to put that in my pocket. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. It's yeah. so true. And I love every time you say it. It's, it, I think that we forget. Like at the end of yeah. the day, I yeah. think a lot of teachers forget this is a competition. And, right. yeah. and then children's, it's children's, children's it's competition. Ding, ding, ding. Like I understand that we are going through things. We all ha- are living life. We're all experiencing life different. We're going through different things. But it, sometimes it can come across as a, well, this is a really impactful and powerful song and it's going to win because of it. And right. it's, People it's are for the wrong move. intentions, yeah. you know? It's, yeah. Yeah. And I, and that just feels icky. It does. It feels yeah. super icky. It feels icky, icky yeah. So I, I don't really love a spoken word. I could, you know, if I see it, great. But something. Around- I mean, it's got to like blow my mind. Right. Yeah. It's blow and my I mind. Another thing, this is a little bit like diverting off of the topic, but spoken word like derives from like extemporaneous speaking, beat poetry, like improvisational speaking which is only meant to be heard once. It's supposed to come out and do its thing and then never be heard from again. And that's not what this is now. Now you've recorded body love. You've recorded 
against my better judgment, but it ended up being good, did a duo a couple years ago <laughs> to a spoken word piece uh, called Lovely. How to Be a Person. I know, I know. They Listen, they convinced me and it did, it stretched me as a choreographer because I was very adamant, like, I'm not doing this. But they had a very good reason for wanting to do it. They contributed to the choreography. It was like a very nice collaborative process. But again, I had to edit the crap out of that song because it was eight minutes long. Oh, my God. So, so then I'm, you know, and we can, we can maybe talk about this too. But yeah. like, then I bastardized that guy's spoken word piece by shoving his eight minute, 10, 10 ways to be a person into three minutes. Right. So I cut out like seven of his ways. And is that fair to the artist? Like, it's a whole conversation. So we could have a whole podcast a on point. that too. <laughs> True. To that. Cutting music. What's that? Ugh, people got to do it better. I y'all, can't do it well, but I can do it. Y'all, we, we, yeah. briefly, we briefly touched on this last episode. And we're just going to let you know again, as you're prepping your music for this season, please cut your music. Please do not give me a generic fade out at the end because you didn't feel like cutting the song. Please make sure that yeah. there is a beginning, middle, and end, and it's a cohesive song that's in the time limit and the restriction of what the competition allows. And do not go over, because I will be looking at my watch. I will know if it's <laughs> gone over three minutes or whatever the time limit yeah. is. You can feel it. You can feel when it goes over. You really can. Less it is, is always well, the kid, well, the, the child is, like, panting, <laughs> and they're... Yes. And their jumps are like two inches off the ground because they are so damn tired. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, don't you want your kid to be like, you, kids, you have to remember if you're listening, we right before we write, write our scores down is like the last 30 seconds of your solo. You want it to be the best 30 seconds of your solo, not the weakest. Yeah. So get leave us wanting more. Right. Give us that best 30 seconds, you know, yep. yeah, which which might mean your dance is two minutes long. Right. Which is yes, fine. And that's totally fine. Yep. I know. It's totally it's, fine. It's really doable. But I do think that people are just like, I don't know how to cut music and this song's three minutes, so I'm just going to use it as it is. And I'm like, no, no, no. You can splice up so 30 many, seconds yeah. right there. And yeah, totally. Go well, on. and I will, I will always, I'm going to chime in on the pro fade side of things. If you choreograph your dance as such that you have completely finished it. it it's very clear that the routine is done but your song just doesn't have a button and it's not buttonable if you wanted to edit it that way it just doesn't work like that way do your pose do a bow dance off but show <laughs> me you're done like i don't really mind the fade if you finish your dance totally but do not do a jazz walk off after and i'm like wait where did she go and why and also why is the music still playing it's been right. 10 seconds and you're like, not here anymore <laughs> right and then you <laughs> never come back or you was, was that like, all forgot yes and that exactly. has happened before too especially if it's like a shorter number yay thank you for the two minute dance but if you didn't if you didn't like round out your story and finish it mm -hmm. I, there have been definite times where i'm like excuse me was that are you is everything okay right it's it's just weird so helpful tips you can fade but do like, do it right and like finish your dance before you fade the music yeah, and there's plenty of people who know how to do it. So, like, reach out. <laughs> right. Correct. Like, if you're having issues. Or, like, there's plenty of people who can, like, create endings for you. Like, right. that the songs have a fade out, but they can take this instrument, this instrument, and create mm -hmm. an ending. And you, and you just tell them, like, I need this to be a bam on the one. And right. they're like, all right, got it. Because to them, like, music people, they're like, yeah, we, like, I can do that easily. Right. You know? Yeah. So and I, I think that, like, this goes hand in hand with just, like, not only hunting for the right song and, and you know finding non 
overused songs, which we're about to go there. But like, it's a it's a total package. It all all of this goes hand in hand. I can't tell you how long I've sat and hunted for hours on Spotify to find one song that I like. One. And it's sad that it takes that long. I think that we hear a lot of songs over and over again because people don't want to put that same amount of research and effort into the song Hunt. But the song Hunt is a real thing and it's hard. But when you find the song, it's going to be worth it. And I think your judges will appreciate it. I think at the end of the day, we have to remember it's a competition. Kind of like Leslie said, we are judging you. You want to present what the judges want to see. If we're sitting here on this podcast about to tell you songs we don't want to hear anymore, I recommend maybe not using that song unless you have like the best vision in the world that's going to blow my mind and I've never seen it done. But the hard thing to remember is you never know who's sitting behind that table. You never know if they've seen this song 500 times at the 10 other regionals that they judged last season. I mean... Some people will will talk about overused songs and say, well, I haven't heard it before. And it's like, that's true. Because maybe the competitions you've attended in your region has never heard the song. But it's really popular on YouTube and it's really popular on TikTok. And I saw it five times at my last regional alone. You know what I mean? And as the judges, we're the ones that are traveling all over this country. And to me, it's bizarre that we hear the same songs over and over. I swear, it's like, Leslie, you said that there's a, a Spotify playlist called Yes, Overused. Most yeah. used Competition Songs. I just Googled it because I was it. like, what are we missing? Yeah, and, the, and they're it's all great. there. Yeah. But there's some on there I'm like, because I like some of them are on my like, oh, I don't mind. Right. But well, and whatever. It is what it is. I, and we're totally going to get to that too because Courtney and I had this conversation before about like things that I don't mind that she just thinks are so overused and like vice versa. And Every so, judge yes, is going to have is that. All, it's all preference and, you it know. Really is. Yeah, so it's just, yeah, disclaimer, like, it's just our opinion, y'all. Yeah, just and listen, opinion. just because, ever, like, many of us have the same opinion, <laughs> if you do, if you do it well, if you do it differently, if you blow us out of the water, like Kaylin said earlier, yeah, then it's fine. We'll love but it. But listen, don't just do the same, like, you have to find a different spin. In this day and age, like, I mean, ever, there are no more new ideas. Okay, it's always a spin on an existing idea. So like that is one of the hardest parts, I think, about this job for choreographers in the way that we that we work in our genre of competition dance is it's all been done. Right. Especially now that everybody has access to YouTube and videos and whatever. You know, I'm old. TikTok. Everything has been done. So you have got to really think outside the box. And it takes a lot more work than it used to. Right. I think to think outside the box. So I don't, I don't have any advice about how to do that, but just figure it out. <laughs> I mean, just do your research. Like we, like we said, even on our social media episode, I mean, YouTube is at your fingertips. Instagram is at your fingertips. You can watch competition dance all day long if you want. Go online and you'll see a lot of winning routines. That doesn't mean use that song. That means to be inspired by it and maybe, oh, wow, I really enjoy this artist. I don't want to use this song, but I like this artist. What else do they have? And then you go down the rabbit hole of their discography and you look and find a new song. I mean, to me, that's what confuses me about this whole like overused, like stereotypical competition dance songs because I'm like, this artist has a lot of other songs. Why is this one song the only song we ever hear from them? You know what I mean? Like that's what blows, I just don't, I'm still trying to understand. Right. Does anybody know why that happens? (laughs) 
Maybe it is just it's it gets circulated and it gets seen. And so maybe it's not even like, oh, I like this artist. It's oh, that one that seems good. I'm gonna use that. Like right, that's yeah. that's easy. Not necessarily that yeah. the thought process might not be that's easy, but that's the that's what's unsaid is oh, that song seems fun. Yeah. I'm gonna do that. And if you don't mm-hmm. do the research, if you don't do the work, you're not gonna know that it's tired or that it's been around for a long time. If you just hear it and you're use not, it. You're not gonna know that it's let's get glam. Yeah. <laughs> Which guys, I didn't know this. We looked it up and I'm gonna, pre- I'm gonna be pre- so reporting. Yes, reporting reporting live from making the impact. Let's get glam is by Christina Aguilera. Yes. I didn't know that. It never would have ever occurred to me that that was sound who that like was. Her. Isn't it from Burlesque? I thought it was. It's, it's from not, right? an album called Bionic. Oh. From 2010, which explains why we've heard it for 10 years. Yeah. Is that true though? Are we sure about this? Now that's I'm like what the, That's what the internet told me. I thought it was from Burlesque. Maybe I mean maybe I'm Burlesque wrong. Maybe was around internet... 2010, wasn't it? Like the movie. I'm seeing right. what you googled, Leslie. Yeah. Album Bionic 2010. Let's get glam, glam. Let's get. Glam. I mean I don't I don't and I googled the lyrics to make sure it was the same one and it is. Huh. But yeah, yeah it's just some You're of these right. songs and, and that's that's why it blows my mind because I'm like oh I guess we can't use genie in a bottle anymore so I guess it's let's get glam. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. Or Candyman. Oh, God. Right. Oh, Not Candyman. If you say Candyman three times in a row. <laughs> oh, gosh, oh, a no. 10-year-old comes out in thigh highs and does no. a pirouette. Yeah. I will. Oh, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. No, no, no. I mean, if you if we've been friends on Facebook for a while, you probably know how I feel about all that stuff. And Yes. Um, I mean, it's its own category for sure. And I will say, like, back back in the day, like, I was not very careful about how I would explain how I felt online. I was probably if you like saw me online, you'd be like, she's a freaking bully because I would just, I would say what everyone else was thinking. I would just, I would just let it out. And what I would find weird, like people would message me and be like, I totally agree with you. I just can't say anything because I judge and da da da. And I'm like, okay. And then I got YPAD certified, YPAD trained and certified. And a whole module of it is music matters and how to, you know, ascribe my feelings in a more productive way, no shaming, no blaming. So I, I try to be a little bit more thoughtful of how I describe my disgust when I see, you know, children in situations like that. It's, it kills me inside to, to watch it. I will say, I don't feel like, like it's as prevalent as it was like five years ago. But so now, now when I see it, I'm like, it's even almost like seeing it for the first time, right? Because, you know, and plus it I haven't traveled take and judged a in a while. It did. There's some other trends that are popping up like in music that maybe we'll get to on this podcast that I've noticed that aren't like that, you know, controversial, but mm-hmm. maybe, maybe we'll get to that. So anyway, back, back to the subject. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote it all down. Yes. <laughs> notes on notes. Court, I'll let you take the lead here. All right. So we want to, we want to give a little rundown of a few of the songs that we've heard a lot. I think I think we do because we didn't really do that last time, and I think people are kind of wanting to hear like what which you know ones? which ones like what is overused and and listen when we say overused you are you are talking to four people who who if not this past year four years past have traveled this entire country and Canada in a lot of you know situations and heard all of these songs so they are overused so when people say well not in my region but yes in the general scheme of things like. Yes, they are. I'm so sorry to break it to you. <laughs> I know. 
it it's tough y'all but one of one of the ones i mean there's a few like throwbacks like we got like cover girl up in here that's yes. i definitely hear cover girl 24 7 or not about angels that's a little bit of a throwback overuse song haven't heard it as much lately but still don't really yeah. care to hear it anymore <laughs> we talked about body love let's mm-hmm. get glam we talked about medicine Oh, oh man. My gosh. We hear medicine, medicine in the contemporary category every competition. A lot of lunging in hospital gowns. Uh, oh god. Yep. To medicine. Yeah. To build a home. I hear that yep. often. Emergency. Isn't that's that... I feel like that's a throwback one. Oh man, I hear emergency <laughs> so much. And the other problem with emergency, aside from being overused, is that nobody bothers to edit that line that happens every single chorus. Every single chorus. What does it say? Something bad? Uh, yes. It says, everybody in this beep. Uh, and you could just add a cute beep oh, yeah, and it'd be yeah, cute. yeah, 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 But it's another B word. It's not, uh, there's that, not an, like an, an edited version of that song we could have plucked. I, I think there is, but I think people don't. And I feel like some dance song. competitions actually use that song as like filler music if they're like tweeting the yes, stage. Yes. And so they're like, oh my God, <laughs> we have emergency again and we're not even judging. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like yeah. that random sound guy who travels with the cop, like just throws on yeah. his iPod and it's like music. And you're like, oh my God, someone go tell like Jeff. <laughs> but like, we just not heard this eight times. Right. <laughs> they probably are using the most overused Spotify playlist for the filler music. Word. Right. <laughs> they, they Googled dance competition songs, but that's the one that popped up and they didn't read the whole title. Yeah. <laughs> I think that we, I think a lot of, uh judges have seen everybody wants to rule the world and yeah but like not the fun version that you really want to hear right like i really want to hear the original everybody wants to rule the world right that's all i want to hear and i will never ever hear it yep we hear that one (laughs) version all the time or you should see me in a crown yes yeah all all of these like queen like evil villain queen castle yeah castle oh yeah castle yeah throne always there's a throne yeah it's bedazzled. They're it's fighting cute. over it. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Who ends with the crown at the end? I mean, that's the thing. Like, even when I was just sitting here talking about, it, like, we're giving you the rundown of we've seen that identical dance a million times. If you want to give me, you should see me in a crown, some other variation of not what I just described. Yeah. Let's go. Right. Like, like, I'm make, all for like, it. Make it a- Make it like a silly story about like a beauty pageant and make it musical theater and make it like quirky. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean about like winning the crown and then like make us sit back in our chairs and go, that was brilliant. Right. Yeah. Oh my God. Thank exactly. you. I wish I would have you know? thought of that. Like yeah. Miss America. Yes. Totally. I love that. Like Miss See, America look. gone back. Bam. Just gave someone a really great idea. Done. Somebody take I it. Don't know what it. I don't know what it says about me that when I was thinking of alternate options for you should see me in a crown was the Burger King king <laughs> and like them fighting like, could we yes like could we do yes. like a mcdonald's burger king i don't yeah. know but that says that's a lot what about I'm what saying. i've been thinking of that is what i'm saying yeah we just gotta think like, outside we're, the box we're, we're creatives this is what we do like and just take a chance have fun with it you know if you have yeah. to do it you know right and if i that mom is begging you right it's like we really want to have the sisters fight over the crown I think another trend, Kaylin, you mentioned trends a minute ago, but something yeah. that I've been really noticing in the vein of say it. these are overused songs, but they're overused in this way of like dark and, and minor key versions of songs that used to be pretty. Oh, so like Sound of Silence, yeah. 
was a beautiful, lovely song that was written back in like, I don't know, the late 60s, early 70s. And yeah, the subject matter was sad, but like it was a beautifully orchestrated song, but somebody has has shifted it into a minor key and now it sounds menacing and terrible. Mm. And that's all I hear now, I feel like is, you know, versions of songs that used to be lovely and that are now like really depressing sounding. Kind of depressed, yeah. Yeah, yep, I agree. And I agree with that one. We hear a lot of like, you know, covers, which I don't I don't always hate a cover. I don't always hate a cover. I think yeah. it's more if like the original the... is better. Go with the original. Right. Correct. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I think like then some of the covers become overused because someone's like, oh, my God, what a great cover. And then they snatch yeah. the cover. And then we hear that cover. Oh, the, like the I want to dance with somebody like a practically yeah. acoustic cover version, yeah. like heard it a million yeah. times or. We don't have to take our clothes off to have a good time, which why are we even like <laughs> dancing to that? Thought about that. Thought or there's like one in the shower today. That, um, yeah. <laughs> singing in the rain umbrella. Like, oh, yes. Show. The umbrella, the remix with Rihanna. Yeah, it's like singing um, in the rain of Rihanna's umbrella. Yep. Yeah. Like there's yeah. just a lot of things that you're like, wait, what? It, I don't know. But I don't hate a, a cover. I'm, I'm, you know, I'll take it. It's a different version of a song and everything. But Let's let's spin it over to like the classics, the classics okay. that we see a competition all the time, but we love them and they never yeah, get down old. For it. And yeah. every time you're, you're just like, that's a classic competition song that you only hear at dance competitions, but it's the best song right. ever. And <laughs> I, I, I can't get enough of it. I want to hear that every single time it's on the stage. Like I, I know <laughs> I was telling Colin this before we started. Work Me Down is like the so most good. stereotypical it's dance competition it's song. It's a bop. It's, a bop. it's like high energy, like jazz dance. It is and jazz it screams dancing. dance competition. It <laughs> makes me smile so hard when I see it every time. It's a throwback. No one uses it anymore. But like I, every time someone does, I'm like, yes, Work Me Down. Like, mm-hmm. oh. well, And again, where in the world would you have even heard Work Me Down Ever. It's Diane Warren. I just looked it up. So I'm like, okay, at least I know who that is. But like, where did she that even also come do, from? Does she also do the let's get soaking wet? Does she do that uh, one? Ooh, I don't know. Let's I see. don't know, but, but that that's was also one of my favorites. Lately. If this teacher is out there, I think it was Suzanne who posted it on Facebook, but someone did a brilliant synchronized swimming. <gasps> they were like synchronized swimmers to let's get soaking wet. And it was like brilliant beyond. And it was just so cool, so clever. Um, nice. A perfect example of taking a song that's been overused right. and just giving it its own twist. And like, I, I'm still talking about it six months later. Right. You know? Yeah. There you go. Let's Get Soaking Wet is by somebody named Barry Harris. So I don't okay, know who Barry. that is, but thanks, Barry. We love you. Thanks, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm um, full in on the like 80s, 90s, like just perfect, like all in. pure like jazz, like Yep. I feel like I've been at like multiple competitions with Leslie and Cold Hearted Snake comes on and we're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah like, you're <laughs> for it. We're really for it. Like that might be a little bit. 100% like, pure love. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pure um, love. Like, like Prince, anything. I, I I don't know. I feel like majority of Prince, I'm I'm usually never mad at seeing. I've seen yep. some cool nope, stylized group numbers to uh, Madonna's Vogue. Like mm-hmm. it's not, we all know it. We've all heard it, but like it can be really refreshing. I think uh, Maddie Kurtz will appreciate that. Anything from Celine Dion is a of go. Uh, <laughs> welcomed in my world. It's, yes. it's always welcomed to the competition stage. And it ha- but it should be in the lyrical category, FYI. Or hopefully. Depending. Absolutely. 
you know, like <laughs> I would want it in the lyrical category if you're dancing to Celine Dion, unless it's, you know, unless the movement is extremely contemporary, then that's yeah. fine. But like, I love me a good classic lyrical. It's a Celine Dion, a few Whitney Houston's yeah. thrown in there. Like those are classics, Fosse, majority of Fosse songs. Yeah. Maybe not cell block tango, very overused, not the most appropriate, you know. And you have to chop it up right. for the most part. Oh, and it's yeah, like, yeah. yeah. If, really if you have to chop a song itself. into oblivion to, to use it, I don't mm-hmm. think it's worth it. And tons of musical theater songs, I think, that are classic, that are always going to be around, like Steam Heat, you mentioned Leslie before, and like Orange Colored Sky, and mm-hmm. Fly Me to the Moon, and like, Frank Sinatra. I just, I think they're just feel good classic jazz songs. Mm-hmm. That could be a tap dance. That could be a jazz dance, you yeah. know? And they've been covered by mm-hmm. great artists too. Yeah. Paul Inca has an incredible album of jazz covers. Grace, Vitt, what's her last name? Vanderfault Grace? Oh, yeah, yeah. Vander, yes, her. Yeah. Yeah. She has an incredible cover I used for a tap solo to uh, Fly Me to the Moon. It's nice. beautiful. Doesn't Sutton um, Foster okay, so have a. I'm beginning to see the light. Isn't she have a cover of that? That's really good. Oh, I hope so. I don't know, but I'm writing that down. Right. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> um, okay. So you guys might not agree with me on this one of like an overplayed song, but on the right dancer, it has to be a senior dancer hitting every nuance is feeling good. I Sorry. love feeling good. I'll take feeling good. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. I'll take feeling good, but like super mature. Yes. Ready to jump on like a cruise line right after she graduates yes. totally. and like sell it. You know what I mean? Like the leg, the Leo, the, leg. the heel, yep. the heel, the tan fishnet. Yep. Give it to me all day long, hitting all those nuances. And I'm like, yeah. I, I'll take it. I'll take it. And that's yeah. like a perfect example of like the scenario I was talking about before, where if a dancer is not ready for a particular mm-hmm. song, like the description you just said, it must be an advanced dancer who is about to walk onto a cruise ship who has a heel. Like, yes. there's so many, and like, checklists on the requirement <laughs> mm-hmm. to use that specific song, which we all said, I will take that version of that specific mm-hmm. song. Now, if right. I'm watching a 12-year-old, that technique is still not really there yet. They don't have the style right. down. They don't have the maturity in their movement. Different song. Like, same song, yeah. but completely different outcome. Yeah. And for me, yeah. I prefer not to see that. And being a smart teacher, knowing yeah. your dancer, you know? Right. 100%. Love I'll that. Kaylin, you were you were talking about some things that you like wanted to get to. But... Oh, so like his music trends, right? So this is what I've noticed. And yeah, disclaimer. Okay, when you do it right, you do it right. But I've just noticed this really strange not I don't call it strange, but like instrumental, but not instrumental, like sound effects. Yes. It's just sound oh, effects for contemporary. Yeah, just sound effects. Yes. Now I'm not gonna point out like people because there are definitely definite leaders in the industry who do it, who almost like kind of created this own little subgenre. who that is their jam. But I feel like everyone's trying to kind of ride on the coattails of that. Right. And they're like creating beats in their room. And like, I always say like, yes, anything in unison, if you hit any movement to sound effects, it's going to look cool. But like, is there actual technique behind that sometimes? Like, is that kid gonna, you know, so it could be like a fail safe way for somebody to look super advanced and clean if they're just hitting sound effects. But underneath, is there all that, is there technique underneath there? Like, but I don't know, like you pointed out earlier, Leslie, like sometimes it's a little like scary, (laughs) almost like, or like they'll use one word and just repeat it over and over and over. And I'm going, this kid has to rehearse to this every week. Like, oh my gosh, that's got to get annoying. 
yeah, but I, I feel like that's a, that's a new trend that's happening is like super ominous, like dark, creepy, robotic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can like see this routine. Like they're walking like heel ball toe, but their arms aren't moving. <laughs> and they like yeah, might be wearing right. black and silver. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they're like doing all kinds of different walking patterns. Yes, and that's, yeah. yeah, I see it. I'm with you. I've seen well, it. And again, done right done beautifully where the kid is actually giving me technique and she can do a spin do 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 and lock that leg up right when the music goes right. yeah okay great yes but don't try to fool us judges by like just creating like a bunch of beats and you know hi- like right. hiding it like you're really real. good at moving staccato and that's all you can do right like that's it yeah okay. like you have no like legato right well, yeah. and Kaylin, you brought up a really good point that I think is worth mentioning again, because we mentioned it in the first iteration of this podcast episode about music with Jen Garafa. And she had a lot of good things to say about where if you're, this is a solo or this is a group piece, and that is what you're listening to week after week after week, it goes into your psyche. If you're listening to robotic, depressing, ominous, post-apocalyptic kind of music constantly, that's going to do something to your psychology and to your mental yes. state if that is drilled into your head every week. So, you know, yeah. not for nothing. I think that's worth yeah. mentioning when picking music. Like, do you really want to yeah. listen to this every week for a year? It's up to yeah. you. <laughs> and that, and that, that, Leslie, has been proven scientifically by mm-hmm. people who only research music, the connection between music and children's psyche and their brain development. Like, yeah. it is an actual thing that people do for a living. But yes, when you're listening to those depressing songs or, you know, I've, I've heard some really scary things, um, songs about suicide, but not like tiptoeing around the, the subject of suicide, but yeah. actually talking about it. Right. And I'm, I just, I just don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. It's very uncomfortable for a lot of people. The boundary pushing that I think people are so involved, invested in right now with children, not, not only with music or with movement or with costumes or just generally. Like, that's such a fine line that I think as educators, we just really have to toe that like, yes, kids go through a lot of stuff. We all went through a lot of stuff. And kids these days are going through even more because there's social media and there's everything is more heightened these days. But like, do we have to be the ones to continue to push a boundary in those ways? Even if it is just something like playing a piece of music week after week, that's going to sink into their heads and maybe be more of a downer than an upper. Just things to consider. Yeah. I 100% I can back that I can co-sign on that yeah 100% I feel like it's important to know like know your audience when you're picking music as well it's a children's dance competition a children's dance competition yes the goal is to please the judges but I am sure and I'm I'm not sure if I'm I'm guessing Colin but I'm sure Colin that you've probably sat as a male judge behind that table and been very uncomfortable many times with music choices costumes i mean almost yeah almost every that that, that might be yeah. an exaggeration but almost every competition yeah there's some scenario or some situation or some yeah number that makes me really uncomfortable and then it hinders my judging because i'm like do i comment on this is that inappropriate or else i'm just taken completely out of it so yeah, yeah it does it yeah it takes you out of it for sure and that's something to always keep in mind I mean, you know hopefully there's should be some not always it's okay if it's an all female identifying panel but oftentimes there are males behind the table and you know there should be regularly and yeah keep that in mind yeah it's important to keep in mind and it's an we don't know what the dancers are going through but you also don't know what your judges are going through or what life experiences they have so something could 
very easily trigger depending on the song, the type of song that you're selecting that you think is going to be really powerful and impactful and it might hit the complete wrong way about how it's done. It's got to be a marriage and a full like collaboration between costume and choreography and music choice. You know, like my mom used to say, like, if you're going to wear little shorts like that, you better wear a long sleeve top. You know, it's like if you're going to choose a more risque song, let's say you're a senior dancer, then like don't straddle split in the center. Right. And give a judge a come hither look that could make them uncomfortable. Like, don't like slap it on so thick. There's a way to kind of merit, like marry all of those elements in a tasteful way that still is mature and you know, tasteful. Yeah, if you're a mature dancer, we can tell. Right. Like, we I mean, know like mature that. in your like your technique and your poise. Like, we can tell without you telling us that you are. Correct. We don't need you to put it on. Like we can tell the moment you come on stage, like, oh, they're like they're ready for auditions. A jazz walk says a lot. Oh, it you. says it all. I says know you don't jazz like walks anymore. I love a jazz I walk. I'm being facetious here, but yes, you do. I've seen them on the internet. I love it. <laughs> and a good pot of beret. This is us telling you you should teach jazz walks. <laughs> teach jazz walks. Make sure All you know your audience. <laughs> Choose some fun new songs that we've never heard. <laughs> well, and you know, I think I think a really good metric I think for judging whether perhaps the song has been overused. If you heard it on a commercial, so did everyone else. If you heard it at the airport, so did everyone else like some of these some of these ways to get music i think is there's just like you said courtney you've got to go on the deep dive you've got to go into the rabbit hole you know and i do think you said something earlier to courtney too that made me think of a particular artist that i love but the rest of her discography to me is not danceable mm. is mm-hmm. duffy i really really liked duffy's mercy and i'm sure everybody knows mm-hmm. what that song is love that song. super popular when it came out the rest of that album is super boring right. to me that is the song you dance to on that album. And there's albums like that. And like, if you're of a certain age, you know the struggle of being like, oh, I really want to listen to all these songs on this person's album because maybe they're good, but you bought it for the one song and lo and behold, the rest of that album's crap. It does happen. But good news is now. now. (laughs) Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Good news is now we have Spotify. We have access to a complete, a huge database of endless amounts of songs. You can go on YouTube probably not the best to say this, but like get a song off of YouTube. You know, I mean, Uh-oh. you can listen to the songs on YouTube at least. Go to Apple Music, Spotify, create your playlists, yeah. like curate Shazam playlists. Shazam. Oh my gosh, I Shazam, Shazam all the time. Whenever I'm in. I like follow best. people on Spotify and yes. look at their playlists yes. and yes. then find that artist. Like I've gone in so many wormholes on Spotify creating playlists and it's like, you just keep going. Yep further and further it's this person you follow and they have a playlist and there's a song on that playlist by this yep. artist and they have this album and you're like an yep. hour and a half later you found this cool song you never would have had before and a million people aren't playing it yep yes okay so i have to say this is the, I, I think it's a funny story but the best song that i've ever found i'm not even going to say it because i don't want to give it away oh yeah a, don't don't let it everybody like have deep keep it if you're a tap dancer if you're a tap dancer and you have juniors like it is like a dream <laughs> so i found this song watching the real world which i don't even know the last year the real world was on this is how old this song is (laughs) and the cast members had gone to the to the room where they you know do the they have things they do things with (laughs) each other right Right. yeah so the song you got it 
So the song that they're playing in the background kind of references that, right? And it had this super great swing, like jazz feel to it. And it had to have been like the first year Shazam came out because I like whipped out my Shazam. <laughs> during and, the real world. <laughs> and, uh, during the real world. Actually, I'll say it. It's called Doing the Boom Boom. That's the name of the song. But you're not going <laughs> to find it. Okay. Okay. So, but I, what I did, because I'm like, the song is dope. It, and it led me to the artist who has other dope songs. And I'm like, okay, doing the boom, boom. Okay. So what I made was the boom, boom is like the new dance craze. So it became like a dance move that the kids got to do. So they're kind of like flapping their wings around, whatever, you know? And so doing the boom, boom was like doing the jerk, doing the monkey, doing this. And like, you know what I mean? It's just like, just think outside the box a little bit, people. Yeah. Yep. Watch the real Make world. I mean, go back to real world Seattle. Like, I'm sure 1991 <laughs> had a lot of music. Oh, my God. Did they have a soundtrack? Yes. Is it a Spotify playlist? Where is that? <laughs> yeah, where that? Oh, um, con- yeah, I was going to say contemporary people, I feel like, have more, like, luck of the draw sometimes because yeah. they have such great uh, Netflix series out right now that are, like, you know, more, like, yeah. smaller budget and they use, like, right. lesser known artists. Yep. And mm-hmm. you can just Shazam right out of there. Yeah, Shazam yeah. away, everybody. It's, it's. I mean, I I do think the days of like using the Grey's Anatomy soundtrack is over because that's like all sleeping at last. So maybe don't use sleeping at last music anymore. Wow, I love a soundtrack dive though. Like I'll like I'll watch a movie and I'll hear some really good songs on the soundtrack, and I'm like, oh my gosh! I look up the soundtrack on Spotify, and there they are, and all these great songs I've never heard before. And then it leads me to that artist, like you said, Colin, like the exact same rabbit hole. I think that's we have we need to do more of that. And I always appreciate when I see a song. I actually will acknowledge on my critique. I've never heard this song. This is awesome. Great job. I really am enjoying this song. You know, yeah. and I usually don't mention if I've heard the song a million times. And I think like no. the final thing to yeah. to say in this discussion is like as judges, we're not going to judge you differently because you we've heard this song 500 million times and maybe you didn't realize no, 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 it was overused no. or anything like that. I think it's important to make sure that like we reiterate that like we're going to judge it for what it is, but we would prefer for you to push some boundaries and be original and create something new with this song. If you if you're kind of uncertain if this might be overused, I feel like I heard this a little bit at competition before. I'm a little nervous to use it. Think outside the box, create something new, blow us away if we're going in that direction. If not, don't even take that risk and just find a new song. I know that's going to take a few hours to dig on Spotify or Apple Music, but it's what it what needs to happen. I mean, that's the investment that we put into this art form as choreographers and as teachers to produce the best product for the stage. So that's my best advice. Totally. Music is hard, y'all. Music is hard. Music hunting is hard. Yep. But y'all can do it. (laughs) Yay! So the way we usually end our episodes is to have our guests give us a final lead out with any Words of encouragement, final tidbits of advice when it comes to this topic. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with all of our listeners out there about music at competition? I'm just going to piggyback off of what you commented on is, you know, if you are so drawn to a song and let's say it is an overused song, just find a way to make it special, make it your own, make sure the kids love it. And yeah, just don't be afraid to push those boundaries and get creative. That's, that's what we do. Yeah. Take chances. Yeah, I think it's a collaboration between choreographer and dancer. Definitely have that conversation if that's um, the relationship that you have. But trust that choreographers, you know, this is what we do. It is a profession. We are creatives. And that is part of the process of choreographing. So have trust in those um, choreographers. And then from the other side of this court, you sort of mentioned this, but 
you know, we get frustrated hearing the same songs. It can be really hard, but in general, it's not going, you're not going to lose points for having an overused song, but you might be able to gain some points by having like a fresh song or a fresh take on something. So it, it can help, but it's not going to like numerically hurt. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode all about music at competition. Thank you so much to both of our guests for joining us today. Be sure to follow them on social media. You can find Colin at Colin Denniston and Kaylin Gray at K Gray Dance. Don't forget to follow Making the Impact on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, and pretty much everywhere you listen to podcasts. If you love the info that you're getting from Making the Impact podcast and you want to support us, show your love by donating to us now on Ko-fi. Every donation helps us bring you the quality episodes you expect from Making the Impact, and we truly appreciate your support. Be sure to check out IDA-affiliated competition, GEMS Dance Competition. GEMS Dance Competition is a fresh dance event created by studios for studios. Their goal from day one was to change the norm of the competitive dance industry. GEMS guarantees to provide an educational, professional, and fun environment at every event for you, your staff, your students, and your entire dance family. With full panels of IDA judges at every event and locations throughout the Midwest, we highly recommend adding GEMS Dance Competition to your 2022 competition schedule. Learn more and register now at dancegems.com and come show your sparkle at Gems Dance Competition. We are loving season three and we have some excellent episodes coming your way. Stay tuned for Budgeting for Dance with Dance Parents, our next Studio Spotlight episode, and the Open category. Thanks so much for tuning in and we hope you're enjoying season three. Until next time, keep dancing.